Merry Christmas! It's not. And Christmas. Happy New Year! Welcome back to the townhouse. This is episode six, and it's Christmas time. It's, it's snowing. Still not Christmas time. It hasn't even <laughs> hit Thanksgiving. But this is. Stop. <laughs> bah humbug. Shut oh. the fuck up. Okay. Damn, do we believe? We have a Grinch. Do we believe ourselves on this? No, we don't believe ourselves. No. All right. Welcome back. This is episode six. This is Xavier, Anthony, Gavin. After a brief hiatus, we are back for episode six of the townhouse. Anthony, Gavin, what have you guys been up to? Well, I was on a diet, and uh, that's why we haven't been recording, actually, is because I was too fat to fit in the same room as Anthony and Xavier, so I had to lose some pounds. Very sad. That, and he couldn't drink the beer of the week. Thanks for asking what I've been up to. I've been locked and loaded in Blackwater, avoiding the law for the past week and a half. Jesus, why is your voice so loud right now? Because I'm trying to talk like I'm in the game Red Dead Redemption 2, baby. So anyway. How is Red Dead Redemption 2? I'm Austin Powers in a Western voice. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. (laughs) That was more Austin Powers. But... It is pretty fun. I am enjoying it very much. I am currently robbing a train. That is the mission I am currently on that I paused to be with you guys at this very moment. Yeah, it is not easy to get Anthony off Red Dead Redemption 2 these days. It is true, and I am not a hardcore gamer, so you heard it here first. This game is literally dope. But as we saw in South Park, everybody's (laughs) playing Red Dead Redemption 2, so, you know, who can really fault Anthony? That is true. Yeah, I've uh, I've been doing my fair share of the video games as well. Not Red Dead Redemption 2, although I have been wanting to break that out. I have been playing some Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which has been Your most awesome. anticipated game of the year. That Callback has to been. And um, not going to go too deep into it, but it, it has not disappointed. It's definitely up there as one of my favorites. <gasps> Damn. And to think, in episode one, you were saying that it might completely ruin it fall off the wagon as a franchise for not having the perfect you know this Ezio is... Altair <gasps> this is true that uh to the black experience yeah that that negativity lasted for about as long as it took for the load screen uh, <laughs> wow. to, to run out and then uh, the game actually started and uh my opinion was totally changed so that's that's been been a great experience for me but um, beyond that, uh, gotten into a new um, non-video game, a uh, new card game that was just released, Keyforge, and uh, oh, introduced that to Gavin. Is that the one you were today. just playing tonight? That's right. Xavier and I just play tested it a little bit. I guess it's released, so it doesn't count as play testing. But we had our first go at it. It was uh, giggity. It was pretty good. I'm, I'm personally, around. yeah, I'm personally a fan of it. I look forward to playing it. I'm a huge fan. Getting more of an idea. Anthony, Anthony you have no... Come on. We, last, <laughs> last episode, you shat on all games that could not be played either naked or at a party. True. This first news story comes to us from Inside Edition, which is... Anthony, doesn't Gavin do the news stories? Okay, I'm sorry. Gavin, why don't you take us on these news stories? No, no, no. Anthony chose this one. I can't. It's okay. I've been I've been uh, kicked out of my own news story. Thank you, Anthony. No, stop stealing his thunder. <laughs> Anthony stole your thunder last time. You know how like annoying it is when he interrupts you every... That's right. And now I'm interrupting Gavin, interrupting <laughs> you, interrupting me. 
Damn. How do wow, you feel? That's like interruptception. <laughs> that's like sixteen interrupts. Damn, that is interruption. An interruption within an interruption. It's like interception. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Who's doing the news today? Anthony's gonna do the first one. I'll do the first one. I found it. Gavin can do the second too. I will also vote for Anthony. Wow, I'm glad we could... Uh... After nominating me originally? Wow. Okay, so, as I was flat. saying, this news story comes to us from Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, Deborah. South Carolina dad and... <laughs> oh, God. Damn. So... <laughs> All right. We're sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Deborah Norville. Okay, South Carolina dad and daughter charged with incest after child they had together dies. So, basically, a father and a daughter down in South Carolina made sweet love with one another, and they were able to conceive a child. Now, does this sound something you would see in Game of Thrones? It sounds like something you'd see in South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, way to fulfill your southern stereotype, whoever this is. Both brown... Which is, I guess, their last names. Yeah. Caitlin Brown. We really should be tread a little more lightly, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's pick our words a little better when it comes to last names. Okay, that is their last name. Great, because what I'm trying to say is we don't want to butcher last names. If you thought I was implying anything else, you're... Fake news. You're fucked up. Okay. You're oh, excuse wrong. me. All right, I will just say the two individuals stated that their relationship was consensual and mutual. So they wanted to have this child. However, it did die shortly after it was born. Do we know why it died? Um, I have a couple theories. <laughs> Let's hear your theories. I might, I might be able to guess. Um, they're all pertaining to genetics and the fact that it was an incestuous parentage. That's about it. I don't think there needs to be any more detail. Incest yeah. is bad. Incest is bad. South Carolina likes to fulfill its own stereotypes. On that note, we'll move on to our next stereotype of the night. Japanese groom spends $18,000 to get married to an anime hologram. And what I'm seeing on the screen here is he actually married Hatsune Miku, who is a Japanese, I believe, yeah, Japanese pop star, just completely virtual. And her voice and songs are generated by machines. Um, kind of like Gorillaz, the band Gorillaz. Sure, yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. Okay. So, on the plus side, this is probably a breakthrough. I don't know too many people who have married holograms, but True. on the downside, $18,000 to get married to Giffany. Giffany? Giffany. Giffany. Shout out to Gravity Falls, whoever's seen that might get the reference, but yes. $18,000 to marry, ultimately, an AI program, and... Most of it isn't even AI. There's a lot of human input to bring Hatsune Miku to life. Meaning, this guy is probably going to be interacting with some, like, you know, 35-year-old guy who lives in his mom's basement but is really good at computer science who has contributed, you know, a couple thousand lines or maybe hundreds of thousands of lines to Hatsune Miku's code. Did you just describe yourself, Gavin? You know, (laughs) I know it does sound suspicious that I know all this information like this, but... How did you know exactly the number of lines of code? I I am a computer scientist myself. (laughs) Um, Somewhat of a computer scientist myself, but... 
Um, no, I. It's, <laughs> it's a rough, rough estimate. I mean, I, I promise I have a girlfriend oh. in real life. She's real, probably. She's... <laughs> you guys will meet she her just, someday. someday. She just doesn't go to this school. We just exactly. <laughs> she, it's a, it's a long distance relationship. Oh shoot. Oh gosh. Maybe. But well, it seems like so. Obviously, the hologram wasn't in person with him at the altar when they were saying their I do's and I do's, I guess. Well, it's a hologram. <laughs> yes, but it looks like that he brought a stuffed version of the hologram and married that in place of the hologram. Oh, so the the stuffed, like the little plush toy version was the stand-in yes. at the wedding. Can you have a proxy when you get married? Like, can somebody stand in? and <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you know, one of us is getting married, like, you know, let's say it was Xavier's wedding and Reba got sick that day. So we have Dan, Dan walk standing up the aisle. with a wig on. <laughs> no, he's wearing he's wearing a white dress and a veil. Xavier, you know, pulls the veil off and there's Dan's smiling face. <laughs> hey, how are you? But Reba has given written consent for Dan to you know, make so, the vows in her place. It's like power of attorney. I think yeah, that's how yeah. it works, right? Could work. I'm not a legal expert, but that sounds I about mean, right. Well, so power of attorney, it I mean, I work in the financial world where that's actually like something that's needed and yeah it gives you the ability to transact on someone's behalf so i don't see (laughs) i i don't see how it's so much of a stretch like obviously we're joking but i mean it seems like if you give someone the ability to get married for you like that they can technically do that i mean at the end of the day at least we're us in america it's just a legal contract. Sure, it might mean something else in certain religions and different cultural aspects, but at the end of the day, in the eyes of the government, you're married via, you know, a piece of paper that you sign, you know, with a witness who is a licensed minister. And if somebody is allowed to sign on your behalf, then, <laughs> you know, technically it could have been Dan and Xavier standing at the altar, and it, Xavier stu- still could have been legally wed to Reba. It's an interesting... <laughs> if, if Dan had power of attorney. Thought, thought concept there, yeah. <laughs> wow. But if only if only we could turn back time. If only I, life was that simple. It's huh? it's crazy the tangents we get on from, you know, Giffany all the way, <laughs> all to, the way Dan to Dan to getting Dan married to Zabriel. Which, honestly, that party would be a banger. Oh, it would. It would be great. Could you imagine the, uh, the first dance, though? Wow. Well, I mean, considering at Xavier's wedding... There was a dance off between Dan and Xavier. Oh, it, it was very like romantic. It was probably yeah. I'm just thinking some sort of jig <laughs> to the Maybe tune of get jiggy with it by Will Smith. Na 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 na. Get jiggy with it. No, what what is it? it I think you guys were uh, dancing to a Dropkick Murphys song. Yes, that that going would back and be forth, the case. and it was it was. Uh, I'm. I'm not they gonna lie. It was pretty impressive. They I broke a sweat watching hard. them. I was like, "Wow, I feel like I'm up there doing the work, but I'm not. It's just my eyes." Mm. It's kind of like Dan with his power of attorney when they went back to the hotel room. <laughs> oh, wow. wow! Oh, wow! wow. Yeah, so his power of attorney, Dan could consummate the marriage. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Wait a second. That could be a loophole for people who aren't quite ready to take it to the next level in their relationship, but still in their whatever religious tradition have to consummate the marriage on their wedding night you just get power of attorney 
Especially somewhere in Vegas. I'm sure that you oh, yeah. consummated it with someone else. <laughs> and they consummated on your behalf. <laughs> Guys, I don't think you, you realize the, the business potential we're coming up with right now. Like, we could give someone... We could literally start a business yeah. where you give someone power of attorney for, I don't know, 12 hours, 24 hours, and then you do all this shit with them yeah. on somebody else's behalf who, you know, maybe isn't into the whole, you know wedding ceremony thing or whatever it may be it doesn't have to be a wedding but yeah true business idea trademark uh Don't copyright steal this townhouse podcast. podcast if you come up with this or if you try to do this um we're going to <laughs> gavin will be under your bed every single night for the you next six years through my lawyer's power of attorney <laughs> and then gavin will also reside under your bed for the next six years and watch you sleep very sad uh True, that is something I like to do. Okay, he does, he does that too. But anyway, moving on. Moving on. Anthony, next, never again. Next news item we have is the police lock up angry raccoons drunk on crabapple hooch until they sober up. What's hooch? I don't know, but I've never heard it used to describe a beverage. Yeah, it's usually something else. Mm-hmm. Is it like. It's usually edible in the context that I've heard it, but okay. I won't elaborate. <laughs> Drunk on crab apples. It makes me think that, you know, these are like old crab apples that maybe, like, you know, fell off the tree, have been sitting and, you know, fermenting a bit yeah. just uh, on their own. Yeah, maybe it's... a lot of rain lately, so they're just sitting in a little puddle there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so the report was apparently that people thought that the raccoons were rabid because they were <laughs> acting somewhat erratic, <laughs> stumbling around their backyards, foaming at the mouth. But that also describes, you know, any of us back in college on a Saturday night. So True. So they just uh, had a little bit too much to drink. I, th- I find it funny that the cops stepped in and actually locked them up. It makes me... You think they put them in little handcuffs? Do you think they put them in the drunk tank well, with they like, are... the other other drunks? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being locked up? Like, you know, one Saturday night, maybe it was something dumb, you know, disorderly conduct when you're coming out of the bar and, you know, somebody gets on your nerves. You get locked up, you're sitting there. You know, thinking about what you did, and then your cellmates are a bunch of drunk raccoons. raccoons. Well, they do look like burglars anyway. I I find that terrifying, (laughs) just the idea of it. Like, just being thrown in a cell, and then, like, you just see, like, five raccoons there. So, picture this. Public intoxication, but you're tripping on something. And you get thrown into a cell with raccoons. Oh, God. That would... I, I haven't ever been tripping, but I would imagine... That would be terrifying. Yeah. Especially if the raccoons were already in the cage and it was dimly lit, so all you could see as you got thrown in were these glowing eyes staring oh, back oh at man. you. That's I'll, like Alice in Wonderland. I'll just yeah. be honest. You guys have raccoons outside your apartment and That is true. As it's I'm leaving at, yeah, as I'm leaving at night, I definitely am uh, extra cautious of moving too quickly around a corner because the last thing I want is to get jumped by a startled raccoon. Well what you could do is do what Buddy the Elf would do. And try to give it a hug. You just need a hug. <laughs> just need a hug. True. I mean... That's all they need. I know I was, you know, grinching a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but it is coming up on the Christmas season, so I will allow that Thank you. That reference. Thank you. That has been allowed by Gavin. That's right. The Gavin seal of approval. All right, well... My power of attorney, if you will, over the Christmas season. I bestowed by Christ himself. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think that does it for news. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to my favorite part of the podcast. And apparently, according to Gavin, the only relevant part of the podcast. That's right. Uh, the beer of the week, what? which we have finished prior to starting this episode. Very sad. Mm, yeah, we're pretty hammered. <laughs> but beer Just of the- like those raccoons. <laughs> Beer of the week today is Samuel Adams, which uh, at least up here in New England Very doesn't cliche. really need too much introduction. Decent beer, uh, but it's a winter lager, uh, festive Bach with warming spices. Mm. And I'm a fan of this one. I, I feel like uh, now every time I go to any grocery store, any place that sells beer, pretty much every brand is doing their own version of the winter lager or the winter beer. And they all say they got spices thrown in there. Um, what, what are y'all's thoughts on this one in particular? Y'all, well, I, I enjoyed this one. You know, I, I enjoy uh, all the seasonal Sam Adams that come out. This one in particular is definitely one of the better ones, in my opinion. Um, as I was drinking it, I was like, wow, I can't wait for the snow that we're supposed to get tonight because it was putting me into the spirit, the Christmas spirit. I'm not going <laughs> to allow that one. Snow does not mean Christmas. Wrong. Snow does mean skiing. Snowboarding, no. snowball fights, <gasps> snowball the fights, naked mile, yes. and and so on. Polar naked plunge, yeah, just but naked polar that last plunge. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, this is one of those beers where once I know it's it's the season. Anytime I walk season. into a bar, you know, without even looking at the menu, this is the first thing I order, and then maybe I'll take Demand. a peek at the rest. You know, I think we've talked about some other beers, and we might see them later on the podcasts, so I won't go into detail. But there are a couple other ones that compete with this pretty well. But as a go-to beer in the winter, you know, I don't think... Can't go wrong. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with Sam Adams Winter Lager. So, scale of 1 to 10, Anthony. I'll give it a 7.9. Okay. Gavin? This one is... A nice 8.2 for me. Whoa. I'm going to give it a wow. 7.9. Oh, nice. Wow. How'd you come across I thought he was, was going to shoot us down, but this one's a good one. Yeah, I, uh, I, I came to that number because I was sitting here and um, someone I know mentioned that it was rated a 7.9. And I thought, hmm. you know, that's probably right. Damn. I feel like this has happened before. I feel like podcast. he's got good taste. I'm not entirely sure. We've come to the exact same number before. It, me it and might Anthony, have been Dan, but yeah. Dan and Anthony. I or, don't. Yeah, I haven't matched anyone exactly before. Oh, well, well, I guess we'll have to re-listen to our own podcast to get those views <laughs> up. <laughs> True. We'll, we'll do a Although giveaway we don't to our want to first Patreon our one. subscriber. Oh yes. <laughs> don't want to become our own one. We'll I listener. will. I will draw a picture with our Crayola crayons and sign it, and then I will mail it to you as long as you provide a PO box. Yeah, that's right. First Patreon subscriber, that's you. So uh, get on that. Excellent. But we're not jumping to that conclusion yet. Oh, oh. wow. Are we? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Let's see if our one listener decides they want that, that picture and we'll go It'll from there. It'll be a very great picture, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be the biggest and the best picture? Believe me, it'll be the greatest picture out of every picture that's ever been a picture. You have the Believe best me. pictures? Yes, I have the best. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, something I was wanting to ask you guys about. Um, 
there's this new uh, Ryan Reynolds Pokemon live action movie coming out. Ah, Detective and, Pikachu. Uh, yes. Okay, so you guys have heard of it then. Mm-hmm. Of course, I believe I was seen... the one that <laughs> sent it to you guys. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Anthony, do you want to go ahead and uh, <laughs> give us your opinion on this? Um. Well, I don't know if a person who never played Pokemon growing up should be the one to start us off. I don't have that much of a Pokemon background. Wow, shameworthy. Okay. Well, I'll just... My quick thoughts. Here we go. From someone who's never played Pokemon, I played Pokemon Go for maybe a week and a half, two weeks tops. I am intrigued by it. I think I don't think it's going to be best picture worthy. <laughs> like uh, I don't think anyone's arguing that. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting Ryan Reynolds to actually be a Ryan Reynolds voice. I thought he was going to put on a certain type of voice, but that threw me off when I first saw the trailer. But in like a funny way, so I was like, interesting. I wasn't expecting it to go like this but um i think it will not do well critically but fan wise i feel like it'll be relatively positive feedback from the fans or mixed feedback i don't know what do you think i i don't think it's gonna get great feedback i don't think it's gonna get great reviews my problem with it is that ryan reynolds and i'm not breaking into new grounds by saying this makes me think of Deadpool. True. I actually was like picturing Pikachu as Deadpool yeah. throughout that whole trailer. And there's there's graphics out there of Pikachu as Deadpool. So Pikapool as it's been dubbed. <laughs> so I think it'll be I think it'll be funny because I think Ryan Reynolds is funny in, you know, the the sort of uh, character that he takes on in those type of comedic roles. I don't think it's going to be critically acclaimed. Um, I don't think that in general fans are going to respond well to it just because it's not Pokemon in the traditional sense. And you can't take a anime cartoon and make it live action and have people be, at least for the most part, satisfied with it. So I don't think it's going to be particularly well received. That said, I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to laugh and I'm probably going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I won't add too much more to it, but I think this is something, being a fan of Pokemon growing up and, you know, enjoying Ryan Reynolds' humor, I will go see. And in terms of how people receive it, I think the Ryan Reynolds' flavor of humor, if it's anything like Deadpool, if they throw in anything PG-13 or higher, let's say... I don't think it's going to be well received because it's really it's based off of a Nintendo DS game, Detective Pikachu. I'm pretty sure that's what Detective Pikachu was released on. And it's sure for our generation and for about the people who are within about 5 years give or take of our age. Mm-hmm. They might understand the reference and appreciate the movie, but beyond that it's not necessarily going to appeal to kids if it's especially if it's a PG-13 or higher movie and it's not going to appeal to people older than us because it it's kind of it dumb. came out they were dated it's kind of weird to you know base it off of you know a, a video game that was a spin-off of the original video game yes a, a live action movie based on a video game that was a spin-off of another video game so hmm. that's my two cents but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I believe Very it true. comes out in March, I want to say. It's gonna be me. 
Awesome. It might be March. Well, we're all gonna go see it anyway. Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And we'll we'll give our uh, final thoughts on it after that point. Definitely. Yes. Yes. So for our big uh, discussion of the week here, I I wanted to go over something that has sort of been on my mind um, of late, and that's balancing priorities. Um, So just just wanted to you know discuss how uh, each of us handles you know, the, the different um, priorities of having a busy life. So, I mean, I personally, I, I work full-time. I have hobbies and things I enjoy doing outside of work, and then I'm in an MBA program. Um, I mean, add into that hanging out with friends, and it's it's definitely tough to, uh, to devote adequate time and effort to each individual uh, priority in my life. And I wanted to get your thoughts on you know, sort of that struggle as well as what steps you take to find that right balance. Sure. Um, what I do, I kind of like to plan everything out, plan out my weeks. I like to kind of be organized in that sense. So I know, like, I also work full time every day. Uh, so, but I'm also not taking an MBA program. So I also have a little bit of more flexibility time wise. Um but I find planning out ahead of time my schedule, my upcoming couple of days, upcoming weeks, like I find if I'm able to organize a list of to do like grocery shopping or doing laundry, cleaning up, getting gas, going to hang out with friends, making sure I'm at work on time if I'm doing field work. Like usually when I'm outside for engineering doing field work, it's different hours than if I'm in the office. So that obviously changes up what my weekly routine would be if it was just an office every day of the week. But I find balancing my priorities, it's kind of like, in a sense, making a to-do list mentally and uh, making sure I have enough time to get other things done. So I would obviously want to do more important, like cooking, all that stuff done before I, if I were to come home to relax or making plans with y'all over like the weekend (laughs) making sure we know what we're going to do so it doesn't come down to the day and we're still trying to figure out what we want to do because then that kind of the time starts ticking away from the hours that we have left to have fun together so having a a strong scheduling framework is sort of uh your approach right correct i would say having a strong schedule is yeah and i myself i think what i would add to that and it's it's similar in some aspects but the way I would put it is isolating the independent variables. Things that I can control and schedule, I do that. Taking the choice out of certain aspects of my life or making the choices very easy. Like what I'm going to wear, for example, every day, is it's sort of a cue in my closet where I take the first item out, I wear it, and then it either goes into the laundry or back onto you know a hanger at the back of the queue and then it just sort of filters around and goes in circles and that's that's more or less what I do for work um on my in my free time I tend to take a little more time but other things always having a couple options for a quick and easy dinner on the nights where I come home exhausted I don't feel like cooking you know I I don't want to waste time or um spend extra money by ordering out or you know, frantically trying to cook something up while I'm stressed out or tired. So always having those options, and then you know, keeping keeping things on a schedule when I can, just to just to make it work. You know, 
Mondays, you know, I do X, Y, or Z. Tuesdays, I see my girlfriend. Wednesdays, we record the podcast, for example. Thursdays, I play Frisbee or go to game night at work and so on and so forth. There are, there are plenty of things in my life that are consistent enough. So I try to separate those so that the, when other things do come up, I can be flexible and I know exactly what I have going on. I don't have to, you know, check my calendar because one week changes, you know, each so what week I'm, changes, I guess. So what I'm hearing is you're sort of springboarding off of Anthony's um, scheduling uh, comment and then going into a little bit more of streamlining your options. Exactly. So that the 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 pull between two separate choices is not is not taking up uh, time and effort. You know what you're gonna do. Yeah, I think that that decision making, cutting it down and making it easy to do, or you know, almost mindless sometimes can be very beneficial. Yeah, for definitely. time management. I'm gonna throw my two cents in on this one, and I'm saying this uh, with the caveat that I'm not necessarily someone who I think has done the best job of balancing all the different priorities. Um, I, I do also have more things pulling at my attention, um, being someone who is uh, working full time, uh, you know, job searching, doing an MBA program. I have a wife, friends, hobbies. I, I have a lot going on um, and a lot of things that maybe, you know, you guys don't have uh, going on right now. But I would say the the approach for me which i find helps is giving giving whatever it is i'm doing my full effort and my full attention um so if i'm at work if i am hanging out with friends if i am uh hanging out with my wife if i'm you know even just playing a video game that that activity has my full effort and my full attention and i i find that I maximize the benefit, even it, whether it's relaxation or, you know, uh, absorbing the material that I'm studying in my MBA program. I get the I get the greatest benefit if I just am willing to dedicate my full time for whatever amount of time it is uh, to that one single activity. And so for me, it really comes into focusing my time and effort when I'm working on project project A. I am focused entirely on that. Yeah, and. To comment on that a little bit, coming from some, a computer science background and someone who works in that field, what we would describe that as is context switching. So you're, you're doing the opposite of that, which is you're giving your full and undivided attention to one activity at a time, and that has been shown in scientific studies to be the best way humans operate. So... I've read many books on how I can become a better programmer and just, you know, general self-help books for, you know, being more effective in the workplace and things like that so that you're not working extra hours on projects and things when you should be, you know, balancing your work and life. Mm -hmm. But humans, when they're focused on a task, it can take anywhere from, you know, 15 minutes to 90 minutes to get into a mental state where they're working in, at an optimal level where they're actually working on it and doing it well distraction free when you switch between tasks things like multitasking or even things that people don't really realize or it might help you know keep them on a task like listening to music or having TV in the background it can sometimes help you from 
getting up and doing something else or context switching entirely. But with humans, you know, that takes you out of the activity that you're actually doing and that can really hurt the time you spend doing it. So you're not actually optimizing your time and therefore you're actually dedicating more time than you need to. And I'm sure from a psychological perspective, Xavier can probably speak to that in some capacity. Yeah, I uh, I actually did a, a study while in undergrad um, of basically maximizing the use of your time. And um, what, what I found in the study I was doing was that uh, using a periodic break system where you could entirely decompress, um, they, what I used in my study was... Uh, uh, social media breaks. So getting on Facebook was what I used in my study. But having a social media break where you can basically totally shift gears for a brief amount of time, not focus on what whatever your task was, and then return to your task and dedicate your full effort to it, um, that, that actually improved productivity. Um, basically having that uh, ability to focus and dedicate yourself and then step away, and then focus and dedicate yourself once again. Right, so yeah. rather than having your phone sitting there on the table next to you and checking it every time it vibrates, mm -hmm. right? you separate the time out so that you can maximize it while you're doing one thing. Exactly. Yes. I do that method sometimes as well. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I, I try to stick to... Uh, to what I say, but it, it's very it's very tough. the The pull of the uh, the phone, just constantly being readily at hand, is is uh, a major challenge to overcome for sure. Yeah, definitely. And some of the projects I work on at work requires some development, and then I have to test something. And when you're a programmer, you you write code, and then what you have to do is called compiling it, where you know it converts it into a form that can be interpreted or um, you know understood by the computer or whatever system you're working with and compiling when you're working with big systems can take you know minutes or even hours sometimes typically 2018 it doesn't take hours but back in the 90s oh yeah people, it, it could take days but for me even a couple minutes where all of a sudden I've been working really hard on something I feel like I'm at a good point to test it out Waiting on that thing, I automatically need some activity to fill that gap, and so I'll pick up my phone or you know read the news or something. Mm -hmm. And you know, I really do find that that takes me out of it, and it, and it's something that I try to overcome, but it's very difficult because you go from you know activity, activity, productivity, and then waiting. And when you're waiting and doing nothing, staring at a screen after being active for so long, you kind of your body's used to that information feed, and so you start right. looking for more information. So mm -hmm. that's an interesting aspect. But, yeah, I think what Anthony said, scheduling, and then for me, minimizing decision-making. I'm not saying become... Um, Robotic? Well, yeah, exactly. Don't become Mark Zuckerberg, where you wear the same clothes <laughs> every day. You don't have to do that. Nope. But, you know, having minimizing your choices or giving yourself sort of default options where it's like, I don't really feel like making a choice i have this thing set aside that i can always go to that's always good and then i think what xavier said you know just segmenting your time focusing all your energy on one thing at a time can really make a difference and maximize and optimize your time so it, it's yeah. it, it's funny that, that you mentioned that with um 
you know, with the don't become Mark Zuckerberg, but optimizing your time because I forget who it was, but there was definitely a, a CEO who had a uh, an article uh, that I read about basically how he um, maximized his productivity and what it really came down to to him was having a routine, having the things that he does every single day to, to the point where it was automatic. And I, I think that a lot of successful people um, often do have that routine. I know Tom Brady definitely does where, you know, I mean, he did the TB12 method. And uh, basically, if you, if you look through that, even just at a very high level, it, it's all an, an automatic planned out uh, activity set that he has every single day of his life. To... Diet, exercise, meetings, you know, practice, exactly. everything. Looking at his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's nice your, your activity as well, Anthony. That See? is right. Right up there with TB12. Right. right and, but but then you have the opposite extreme where other people have become successful based on what seems like very sporadic and disorganized schedules, but it does tend to drive them to do crazier things. So the person I'm thinking of as I'm saying this is Elon Musk. Right. right? This is a guy who, you know, sleeps in the factory that the cars are manufactured in because he you know he's a perfectionist he wants every single car coming off the line to be perfect Mm -hmm. um and then you know the next minute he's on a plane going to his other company launching a rocket out of florida or something like that and then he's tweeting on the plane while he's sleep deprived and bad things (laughs) might happen but somehow you know there there are still people who emerge who seem to who seem like they could possibly manage their time better. And I certainly don't claim that I can manage Elon Musk's time better than Elon can, given his accomplishments. But at the same time, you know, you see the the various lawsuits and tweets that come out, and you've got to think, like, if there was a little more time to just, you know, clear the head, that maybe, sure, maybe, maybe some of this avoided. stuff could have, you know, could have been avoided. I don't want to get too... You know, too political, too crazy. You know, with regard to that stuff, but that's a totally different way of managing time. Basically, the opposite of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, in, Zuckerberg in my mind, but um, he seems to make it work. But neither of those people seem like they have a great work-life balance. Definitely. So, yeah, as much as Zuckerberg might put on social media that he has this like wonderful family life. When he gets when he's speaking in a classroom and he says, "I was a human." I mean, I am, I am a, a human. human. <laughs> I was speaking about myself in the past, <laughs> but I still am a human. You begin to question. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just dedicate all their time to their work. They have none of that yeah. downtime because it sounds like Elon Musk. His only downtime is when he's on a plane flying from yeah. one destination to the next, which I guess sort of shifts gears the discussion a little bit in terms of the. Uh, balancing priorities um, because I mean we're, we were talking about it purely logistically but that kind of leads into the next question of the priorities of sort of um, you know social side of things with friendships relationships um, you know I, I would I would lump the, the hobbies in there as well and then uh, the professional priorities so uh, you know fiscal success uh, success in your job that kind of thing and there, there definitely is almost a, a tug of war between the two, 
Um, and you you sort of see with a lot of uh, CEOs, e- Elon Musk is who we're discussing, where maybe that balance is not necessarily um, the best. But I mean, what what steps do you, do you think you really need to take to make sure there's a balance? Because they're definitely both priorities, but you can't really uh, let let one uh, take full full precedence to the detriment of the other. At least I, I feel like there's uh, there's going to be problems if you do that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have the answer to that, but I certainly have an opinion. Okay. And that's if we're looking at these two CEO successful people, since you know I, I brought them up and now they're dragged into this, <laughs> we should have them on the podcast and we oh, can discuss. Yes. I'm, I'm sure they'll Bring like to be invited. To the Townhouse Podcast. Oh, yes. let, let them know we have one listener. That's right. And we can give them beer. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, look at Zuckerberg. If your life is automatic and you're, you know, it sometimes seems like you're a robot and it it sort of shows, you know, obviously it's a joke, but true. If, yeah. if you're not making any decisions, what that sort of humanness that you have almost fades away. Like, you everything you make is so every decision you make is already chosen for you by you in the past yeah but you you're not making those decisions anymore so it minimizes that impact you have on a day-to-day basis of like exercising your own free will like sure you made the initial choice but now you're stuck in this sort of loop and then again the opposite extreme with elon musk where it seems like you know, he's in one place, then he's in the other place, and all of a sudden he's starting a new company. You know, he answers people on Twitter, and he's committing to all these things, and no, none of it seems automated. All of it is, it seems like it's a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. with him. And when you look at both of those people, neither of them seem to have very much free time on their hands. Now, again... I don't follow Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook, but I do occasionally see the advertisements and things like that. And I know for a fact that he does post videos with his family and things. And what is Facebook except a way to make people think that your, you know, your life is great, right? Exactly. So yeah. So Facebook, you can only so uh, you can't really yeah. say yeah that one person has a better life than the other. That's true because they're not posting their failures. Yeah, but. Just You've got those two extremes. Wow. Did you think of that yourself? Anyway? Both of them no, arrive at the same end. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's... I, I, I'm very interested in, you know, this topic as it relates to certain people who, you know, have a lot of influence in, on the world today. And just, you know, as, as they sort of do end up in a fishbowl, like these CEOs, and there are plenty of others, you know, we could pick anyone, you know, Jeff Bezos or true you know uh, Jack Ma but I mean there are plenty of people throughout the world that you know live their life under constant observation and scrutiny and they all might have different ways of managing their time and at the end of the day especially for the successful people it seems like no matter what they do they're always pretty busy and you would you rather have the free will aspect would, or would you rather have the chaotic, I'm always making the decisions aspect? Or yeah. should you find something in the middle? And the unfortunate reality, and I don't know if this is the case, but it may be the case, that um, 
you can't really find a true balance um, while being successful at one or the other. So, I mean, the, the major influencers we're talking about are people that have definitely thrown themselves, uh, you know, you know, full into uh, excelling and, and succeeding in their work. And they're definitely innovators and they're definitely successful and they've definitely achieved a lot. Um, and that very well may be to the detriment of the, the social uh, responsibilities and the social priorities. And then on the flip side, there will be people that will never know the name of that have maybe prioritized that, that social aspect and will never know the name of them because in terms of the success on the the business side, they'll they'll never be on the top of Forbes list or anything like that. Right. Um, so it it very well could be the case that there there isn't any true balance, and that the examples you'll see in your life of people that are standing out in one category or the other is because they're standing out in that category to the detriment of the other. Yeah, that and I think that that rings true, at least in the examples we've brought up, and I think. Furthermore, you know that that really says we're we're balancing priorities. But at the end of the day, I think all of us want to be happy, and so if happiness is a priority, then I think those those a, those other aspects of our life should fall in line in such a way that makes us feel at least some satisfaction in it, and you sure. know, gives us joy. Where would that balance fall for you, Anthony? In terms of the happiness aspect. Well, damn, I just want all my stuff to get done on time so I can get back to Blackwater and start <laughs> Robin Moore trains. Damn. And so starts the next South Park episode. Exactly. Yeah, really. No, as long as I can... Uh... I'll be honest, you make me want to play Red Dead Redemption too. Well, uh, it is a great game. I highly recommend it. Maybe uh, Reba will get it for you for Christmas. Maybe. Or the Thanksgiving turkey. We'll leave it in your uh, little uh, cornucopia. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge if Reba Wait, listens to that, our podcast. Does that happen to Thanksgiving? If she does doesn't. listen to this, she probably hates no. us. She <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, gosh, like, like I said, we only have the one listener. But, um, yeah, it's. I, I've asked her several times to to give it a listen and, and she has not even bothered not once and she has an hour drive to work every day sad wow all of ours are under an hour you right gotta now. use reverse psychology that's what I did and it seems to work on all the people I've told not to listen to the podcast so now we've got multiple listeners but it's really only one and you know who you are the OG listener that's right can we give a name? shout out no no names no names okay sad maybe, maybe if we get you know, written consent. <laughs> it is 2018, Maybe so the, uh, it's always required to be written. That's true. That is totally true. We'll have to do a signature uh, check, too, just to make sure. Make sure that it's an authentic we'll make sure, signature. Yeah. And, sure. and also to make sure that he doesn't have a power of attorney, or she. Yeah. That's but, right. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, because they might been... do it on somebody else's behalf. Exactly. That might look weird for us to be, you know, exactly. shouting out somebody else Very true. on behalf They're... of somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Down we go into the rabbit hole. But uh, I, I think that brings it full circle. Does that uh, – do, do you guys feel like uh, we've we've had sufficient discussion on that on that balance priorities? Any final thoughts on that? No, I, no, think, I think we've covered – Yeah. I think we're good. Everything. I, I'm, I may have repeated myself a few times, but only to drive home the point that, you know, Just really... there's that spectrum and – yeah, this yeah. is this has definitely it's been something that I've been I've been looking forward to discussing on the podcast. So I appreciate you guys uh, 
uh, having this discussion. I, I think that we definitely have, have gleaned some insight from it, so that's been good. But uh, this, this this has been episode six, so we're uh, we're back at it, and I think that that wraps it up for us. You guys, you guys, about done. Any final thoughts, Anthony? No final thoughts. Just stay warm in these uh, cold times coming up. It's true. Yep. It's uh, as I mentioned at the beginning. It's snowing outside. It's New England, so uh, have a little bit of a, a tough drive home. But uh, that's pretty much par for the course. Yeah. And depending on when you're listening to this, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Or happy holiday season as well. <laughs> happy holiday on. season, but we'll definitely be back and before if, uh, too far into December. And if you're listening in 2019, whatever month it is. Hopefully it's going well. Happy summer almost. Yeah, happy, <laughs> <laughs> happy whatever holiday is that month. You know, we got MLK, we got President's Day. There's exactly. March has St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Day. There's Easter. Easter. So to conclude, happy well wishes. This is Xavier. This is Anthony. This is Gavin. And this has been The Townhouse. Have a good night. <laughs>